Hello, this is Stormtrooper One. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. And Dave, you know, we wonder why we don't make any like must listen to Star Wars podcasts like lists. You know, because I take it, I take it very personal when people tweet me, "Hey, check out my new favorite podcast list of Star Wars shows." And from the back to tank is nowhere to be found. I'm like, do you think we're just too dirty? They're like, oh my god, potty mouths, potty, potty mouths. mouths. They're talking about having sex with Ray and Twilings and Doctor Aphra. I can't believe it. Whatever. Don't pretend you didn't watch that Star yeah, Wars don't, porn don't parody. Don't lie to us. Don't lie to us. You have a dark side too. Yeah, every hot-blooded male out there has definitely looked up that VR porn. Not just hot-blooded male, hot-blooded female. Yeah, that's true, Dave, or whatever else. <laughs> <laughs> For all the Vims out there, right? For all exactly. those Vims. Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. Workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal the unbeaten. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right, hello, welcome everyone to the Back to Tank. We have a lot of things to get through, Dave. How are you today? Doing good. I got some sugar in me going in right now. All right, yeah, because we have a lot. And uh, as time goes by and Star Wars gets bigger and bigger with all the different avenues, whether it be comics, (laughs) books, TV shows... I don't know if we should start organizing shows based on topic <laughs> or if we should just continue to do what we're doing. It's like it's just a collage of content because there may be people out there that don't watch, like, say, Resistance or read comics. But I'm like, hey, if you're listening to a Star Wars podcast, I got to believe you're also that much invested in the world of Star Wars, in right? The world of Star Wars. Exactly. So maybe then we don't need to make changes, right? We continue to we can can we can continue to fly casually, right? Fly casually. It just seems to be our our perfect method of everything when it comes to Star Wars because there's so many things coming out now. Yeah, why reinvent the wheel when we've been doing it like this for seven years, right? <laughs> if we had a decline in listenership, then I'd be like, hey, listen, then we, we got to change. Stuff we up. need to make changes, <laughs> and I would start with just getting rid of you and doing a show with just me, and replace me with like a. Like hot chick. Cosplayer with boobs. Yeah, hot chick. She doesn't even need to know anything. (laughs) Like like cosplay chicks back in the day that they really didn't know anything. They were just paid to come out there and look attractive. They were just paid to dress. Yeah. So um, just smile and nod and every once in a while wiggle your tits. All right? And then for the gay audience, I'll be nude over here on this side. (laughs) I'll be nude. And then for premium content, do a topless. Yeah. It'll just be a sex show. Wouldn't it even be a Star Wars show at that point? <laughs> what, what if there was a show like that, like Star Wars in the nude, and it was just people that talked about Star Wars, and they ne- never really drew, like drew attention to it, oh, but, they, but they did the entire show naked. I bet you somewhere <laughs> in, oh, in the web there is a show that does that. Oh, there yeah. has to be. I'm sure. There just has to be. 
Well, I think you and I should test the waters with it. I'll put a curtain up though, so you can't look at me. It'd be very strange for you to see my balls. <laughs> yeah. All right. So text RMD six nine to five zero five nine seven in order to receive those push notifications so that you know when we go live. Whenever a RMD show is about to go live, you will receive that push notification. So text RMD six nine to five zero five nine. Seven. All right, Dave. Star Wars trailer. The Rise of Skywalker, the final trailer. Do we want to get into this now or do we want to uh bait the listeners a little longer and get into it during the second half? Uh, or are you just too excited and we have to do it now? I think we're just too excited All right, right now. I well, mean there's there's so much going on in that trailer. Okay, so number one, let's just let's just set the tone here. I um wept. I cried. Yeah, uh, especially during the C-3PO line. Oh, now, dude. I think we can all know that or realize that he's probably not. I want to say he's probably not going to die just because why would you put that in the trailer? I think there's going to be tension about it that he might die. Right. Yes, absolutely. And he's going to be put in danger. But that line when he says, I want to take a look at my friends one last time. I know there was some mockery online that I actually laughed I did chuckle. People are like, your friends, I don't think you've had a, a single scene with Ray or Finn. I was like, well, it's a valid point. It's a valid point. But it was I supposed to be a meta moment. Yes. It's about the audience, you know, looking at all of us and this is it. And also they did cleverly cut the shot to show Chewie and R2 after he did say that. Yeah. And then I, Charlie Brown cried at that moment. I, I did. What is it about Chewie and emotional <laughs> moments? Like the fact that they went to him and R2, I was like, oh, oh dude, it's, it, that, that's one of the things that was the saddest scene in Force Awakens is the aftermath of, of, Solo's, of death. Solo's death. And they cut to this shot of Chewie just sitting in the corner by himself. Yeah. And I'm like going, Jihad Chewie. Do you really want us to cry? <laughs> Is that, that what JJ wants? That needs to be a spinoff. Jihad Chewie. Jihad Chewie. <laughs> Would that be offensive to a lot of people out there? And, 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 and can you imagine, can you imagine if C-3PO does die, they cut to R2. Yeah. And it's um, like, I, I just. Aww. Does, do they have to kill an old school classic character every time we have a new movie? Well, it's sad because I was watching it with my uh, girlfriend at the time and I'm like going, well, your girlfriend at the time, it. you guys broke up overnight. Oh. <laughs> but, Is there something uh, you'd like to get off your chest? <laughs> I, 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 I told her, I basically said, so who do you think is going to die in this one? Because we know that someone's dying. And she just basically goes, yeah, this is what sucks. Cause everyone understands that someone has to die in this one. Yeah. Well, all right, let's go ahead and push play and we're going to, we're going to watch and stop and comment on various things. Okay, Dave. Okay. All right, here we go. Okay. Number one, I'm <laughs> Unless I'm an uber Star Wars nerd, and I'm I'm sure other people have, have had to caught this. You realize they started this trailer the exact same way they started the Phantom Menace trailer. Yes. Okay, you did catch that. I catch that too. Okay, which I thought is so fitting. I mean, episode one, and we have the final episode here. What a way to book in these trailers. Yeah, you have to bookend it. It's an instinct. together.
Ben has a great voice, right? Oh, absolutely. That's why have we not been using him to voice things? I've been saying, why can't we get more of John Boyega? Dude, he has a great fucking voice. It cuts. That that for me is one of the things that I was like, whenever I look at Last Jedi, I'm like going, I wanted more John Boyega. He needs to actually be on the on the screen more because well, every was, single scene that he was in, yeah. he just chews yeah, he's, up the scene. He's very charismatic. Yeah, he's very charismatic. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. We see Lando like at the center of uh, how cool like, is that? He's it looks like he's in command, right? Yeah, all the soldiers are around him. It looks like various uh, resistance fighters are surrounded, are surrounding him. General Calrissian. Yeah, I, I love it. Although I do have to say, come on, Lando, you have no other sets of clothes. You, <laughs> I know. Been, why is he dressed like you're hold- like himself from Solo? <laughs> you've been holding on to those clothes for what? Like forty years. <laughs> It's, I don't think it's a custom piece anymore. He goes into the Millennium it's, it's Falcon. A, finally, new wardrobe. It's homeless chic by this point. <laughs> the force brought together. We get a shot of Rose Tico for all those Rose Tico haters. Yes. Good people will fight if we lead them. People. I gotta say, Daisy really can sure. She's fucking intense. She's fierce, right? Yes. Like her, the facial expressions she makes. I believe the the intensity in her character. It, we saw it in Force Awakens. It wasn't quite there in the Last Jedi. They they kind of made her a little silly and childish at times, like when she was training with Luke. But it looks like it's back. In it's this, back in this movie. <laughs> keep telling me they know me no one does but I do. so kylo ren that shot of him walking through the waterfall or the the the, the waves and stuff like that and all yeah. you see is the, his lightsaber he's a big guy did he get taller <laughs> he what is it about is it is adam driver this big in real life Dude, the I believe he is because they, he's from the military. The way they capture him, he looks so massive. His shoulders are wide. He's so imposing, which I think is vital when you're dealing with, you know, the offspring of Vader, right? Yes. But then you have Luke Skywalker. He's all dainty and, you know, what happened? <laughs> Long okay, Dude, now that throne, that throne. Okay, now you know that's the original concept of the Emperor's Throne from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. If you go through the Ralph McQuarrie archives, this was one of the original early concepts of his throne. I was such a nerd when this when this uh, I saw this in the trailer. I immediately grabbed my Ralph McQuarrie book, the storyboard book that he released, I believe, last year mm-hmm. or two years ago. Yeah. I was flipping through it, and sure enough, yeah. right there. It was the concept for the Emperor's Throne. And you know people are going to be like, oh, they're copying Game of Thrones. Like, and which no. I tell them, go fuck themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones was copying a little bit of everything. Everything, yeah. And what, what is it about McDermott's voice as well? I mean, you hear that voice. I'm going to play it. Long 
have I waited? Long have I waited. waited. And, and this is this goes back to a theory you and I have been talking about. And we're going to get into it after this trailer day. Yeah. Remind me. Long have I waited. And now. Okay. Now, that is the ghost on the right side of the it frame. Is. In the right side of the frame, it is the ghost. Okay. And the, I thought it might have been just me. It made me quite a lot of people say, oh, maybe it's Ezra and Sabine. But I'm like, going, no, no, no. It wouldn't be Ezra and Sabine and the ghost. Well, why would it be Ezra? He's missing. He, we, and they're not going to. They're not going to give that away. Yeah. It would most likely either be Hera or Jason. And honestly, we're probably not going to see either. Of them. And we're probably not going to see who's piloting the it, ghost. It's just a nice little Easter egg. Yeah, I'm sure. You're coming together. I like seeing all of them in the Millennium Falcon. We have not seen them, all four of our heroes, Chewie, Ray, Poe, Finn. It's something that's been missing. Yeah, and that's just such a, when you're dealing with the Star Wars movies, particularly the Skywalker saga, that's something that is just a part of the movies, and we have not seen that yet. So it's nice that we receive that, or we will be receiving that in this final installment. Oh, I'm doing. What a... What are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir. At my friends. And then I Charlie Brown cried. <laughs> yeah, and that's even right now, I'm like, I need to take a second. I need I mean, to that take that a is second. Hey, dude, it's amazing what a good cinematic moment can do to you emotionally. Like yeah. it's 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 so it's so good, and it shows you how great of a filmmaker JJ is. Yeah, because like, do you do you realize that when I watched this trailer and I got to that scene, everyone always talks about the Force Awakens when Han says, "Hey, Chewie, we're home." Yeah, and everyone cried at that one. This one was for me is more impactful because it's yeah. almost like C three PO is talking to us. I didn't the audience. I didn't necessarily cry when Han Solo. Said Chewie were home. I was giddy and I was giddy. super stoked. Was like super this stoked. is fucking awesome. This one hit me in the emotional feels. It was very meta. It was meant to. It was speaking to the. They were speaking to the audience. Yeah, is, is what it was. This is the goodbye. This is we're saying goodbye to forty over forty years of fans. It's time for us to sign off when it comes to the Skywalker saga. Now let's talk about that moment really fast with C three PO there. He has a bunch of wires coming out of his head. Yes. Right? Okay. Now, in order to make C-3PO relevant, again, because he's never quite been, I want to say he's never been quite been relevant, per se. He's always been an important part of the story. We've always liked him. It's always been a side story or side character. What if, when you think about it, they do what we've been saying this whole time, that the story really is R2 and C-3PO story. When you really look at it, they until the last movie and C-3PO is pretty much gone the whole time. Yes. Uh, or I'm sorry, Force Awakens. He was gone the whole time. Arguably, you can say that they're the two characters. No, you can't. You can say they're the two characters that have been in every single movie. Yeah. And for the first six movies, I would say that for the most part, everything revolved around them. Now, what if in order, whatever it may be, something important in this movie is directly connected to C-3PO because he has been involved with every movie. And we've heard J.J. say 
that this isn't just a sequel to The Last Jedi. This is a direct sequel, a direct sequel to every single Star Wars movie that has come out. Yes. Okay. Well, the Skywalker saga. I'm not talking about Rogue One and Solo. If that's the case, then why would you not write something for C-3PO? Because he is the most likely character that could bring a connection to every single, bring that connection from every single movie into this final chapter. Yeah, because he's the bridge for pretty much the spine of the Skywalker storyline, if you think about it, because in Phantom Menace, we start off with him being created by Anakin. Right. And we've never really gone back to that. And we've all had questions about that. What if he knows something? It's something that he doesn't even know. And that's what they're doing. They're they're plugging him in because he has something important that will link him way back. So we'll see. I'm hoping they do, whether it be whether it ends up being something like that or not. I, I'm not a stickler for that, but I do feel that he has to be at a focus point. He needs to. They need to bring to the forefront his importance in this saga as well. Him and R2. Him and R2, yeah. Because you got to remember in like the the three original movies, the the one character that was important from the get-go was R2. Yeah. So to come full circle and all of a sudden it's C-3PO that's actually important for the closing of this story. Right. It, it, it's the one thing that reminds me of it is uh, is a saying that George Lucas talked about when he first created star wars he created r2 and c3po to be kind of like his little narrators they're the ones that we follow the story through you know that it started with r2 and c3po going meeting luke and everything else and then the story continued on through their eyes and then in, that's why he brought them back in the prequels and fit them into where they were where c3po was created by Anakin, Anakin, when he was a small boy, R two is the droid that saves Padme in uh, in Phantom Menace. And from a, I mean, from a movie standpoint and a marketing standpoint, I understand why he did that. I mean, I think it was meant to be a cute moment. And now, now that it's all said and done, I mean, we have to deal with the fact that the three PO was created by Anakin, and not that it needs yes. to be something uh, major. But if there's some connection there that he knows of something, anything. I think it would be a great way to just kind of put the icing on C-3PO's journey as well. Especially when you think about it, because someone pointed this out, not just the importance of Anakin, but if you are a Clone Wars fan, do you realize in Clone Wars, it's established that C-3PO worked very closely with who? Palpatine. At the time, he was working very closely as his... Yeah, but that's, in, that's in Clone Wars. In Clone Wars. Yeah, you got to be kind of careful, though, because knowing that the mainstream, 90% of the mainstream have not watched, has not watched that. And, but that's the thing that J.J. has to take, uh, be no, really does, cautious about. He, he does got to be careful about that, yeah. But he doesn't mean he's not obligated to connect that. As long as he doesn't do anything to destroy canon, he has to worry about the movies themselves. Yeah. As my friends. That scene where <laughs> Ray and Kylo are just standing 
Fuck, dude. It is powerful. Dude, the, the, the music vi- with them riding on horseback. With BB-8. With BB-8. Rolling beside them. Rolling beside them. I'm like going, it, it It still gives me like goosebumps. Yeah, it's It gives it's me goosebumps. That music, if this is the music that we're going to hear in the movie. I hope. I might cry in the middle. Of, uh, at the end, I will officially cry at a movie. And Star Wars is going to be the one that makes me do it. I think you're going to cry right now. Go ahead. I'm going to let you. <laughs> Let's all bring attention I will, to it. I will gladly, I will gladly water on, Kathleen me, Kennedy's I'm gonna, garden. I'm going to put you on close up. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Try. Talk about it some more. Here, let me play the music for you. Even right there, I want to cry because of the guy. It's Luke. Your destiny. Okay, so then you See, have... This gives you just so many good I, feels. I, I, I am not going to disagree. It's amazing. I mean, this is probably one of the best trailers I've ever seen, honestly. Yes. You know what it does? Is it actually recaptures the magic of Star Wars. Of Star Wars, Now, yeah. let's, let's just hope the movie does. But this trailer is the best Star Wars trailer I've seen of this new era. I will say that. Um, now, in this scene here, Dave, I've been trying to figure out what this is. You have Kylo Ren and Rey. It seems like they're working together to destroy some statue. It does, doesn't it? Is it Vader? It looks like it. I mean, the, the is it Vader? You see the helmet? Is okay. Is that Vader's helmet? Is that what you got? Because that's what I got from it. it that's what like, I got. Is okay. that it? It's some kind of statue to Vader, but it begs the question: Why destroy it? It's symbolic. I, honestly, dude, I'm telling you now, man. Uh, let's just get into this. Well, I know we haven't finished watching the trailer, but we will. Um, it's not going to be what people think. Yeah. Okay. Kylo Absolutely. Ren is not going to be good. Ray is not going to be bad. It's going to be them working together, however, because the big evil is not connected to Kylo Ren. The big evil, the man who's been manipulating everything since the beginning of this entire saga has been Palpatine. Yes. I don't think the Empire or I should say the First Order, knows of Palpatine. I don't think Kylo Ren knows of Palpatine. I have a feeling that Palpatine has been hiding this entire time, building another secret army. And then when it was time for him to reveal himself, when the two powers would unite, both Kylo Ren, through his own machinations and designs, because as we know, Palpatine did in fact create Anakin Skywalker. Now we have Ray. Ray's the biggest mystery, I think, of all of this. Yes. He is manipulating things. He has been manipulating events to where these two individuals will meet. And I, again, I don't think Kylo is going to be good, but I also think they're going to have a common enemy. And that's going to be Palpatine. Yes. I, I feel that way too. I get the sense of they're trying to really harken back to one of George's original ideas, which was the the father, the daughter, and the brother. Right. If from you think Clone about Wars. it. From yeah. Clone Wars. But when you think about it, the way that this trailer poses Palpatine, Palpatine looks like he's trying to become that father. The 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 authoritative uh, authoritative figure of the force. Right. And then which he has might... his daughter and his uh, and the brother kind of working side by side, even though they're opposing forces, which very well may be his entire plan. As we know, 
based on numerous expanded universe books, comic books of this new era of Disney, specifically the Tarkin novel and the Dark Lords of the Sith. The uh, yeah, the Dark Lord of the Sith, Sith Lord, um, Jesus comic book, the Marvel, the last. What was the last Darth Vader comic book? Uh, not the, Tales of Vader. It's Dark Lords of the Sith, right? It's Dark Lords of the Sith. Jesus, dude. Oh, hold on. I got to get this right in case people look it up. Hold on. Yes, it's Dark Lord of the Sith. Uh, that's the latest Vader series that was ongoing with, with so many reveals into uh, Vader's backstory between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. But as we know, it has been stated numerous times now that Palpatine never gave two shits really about having galactic control. No, he doesn't he didn't care, care about that. He didn't care about the Empire. He didn't care about any of that. It was only a means to an end. He didn't care about the galactic conquest in 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 the way that people think. Oh, that's what I want to do. I want to sit on a throne and be the emperor of the universe. No, it no. was a means to an end. It was a way for him to easily grab power, the real power, the to real take power. control of the force. And he needed the resources of running a government to do that. Yeah. But his true purpose was to sit with his powerful apprentice, Vader, and meditate all day long so that they could unlock the mysteries of the force. Yes. And so the biggest one that's connected to everything is was spoken about in Revenge of the Sith, and it's dealing with Darth Plagueis and the ability to unlock the secrets to create life. That's what was the driving force behind, we thought, just Vader, right? That's what turned him ultimately. He wanted to save Padme. But what if it wasn't just about manipulating Vader to join him? That's why he dangled that in front of Vader. What if it was all about him? What if he wanted to unlock the mysteries of life of life and yeah. create life, which we already know again in the comic books, he did in fact create Anakin. But what if he, there's something else there? What if it's about him living forever, manipulating events? What if he wanted to die in return of the Jedi? He said in return of the Jedi that everything that's happening, he has foreseen. Yes. So it would make sense. What if he manipulated events to get himself killed or at least put away so that he can go in hiding till the right moment until the right moment. I mean, a lot of this makes sense. Again, we are drawing conclusions, but we're drawing conclusions based on fact, based Based on on fact and based on past knowledge. We have based on things we've seen from the comic books and the books. And we know that this entire world of star Wars is all connected. It's not like it was in the past where George Lucas would, if he wanted to, he can just say, you know what? I didn't really like that in the book. I'm just going to change it. Yeah. No, they, they can't do that anymore. JJ yeah, and every other director, they have to abide by what has come before and what is planned. And one of the things that really brings credence to it, I mean, it's one of the things that I actually put in our notes that I found that someone actually saw this and actually now it's gaining ground with a lot of Star Wars fans. The dagger that Ray is seen holding in that scene that you're talking about yeah. where they shatter the, th- uh, shatter the uh, statue. Uh, we don't know what the statue is, but we do see that Ray is holding what looks to be a dagger in her hand. And it could be the dagger of Mortis because someone actually pointed out, it looks like the, what we saw in clone wars. Do you really think they're going to introduce things like that? 
I think so. Okay. Well, I'm not going to say they're not. I'm not going to say they're not. I, I have yeah. said I have said in the past that they would never bring things in that hasn't been established in movies first. But look what we got with Solo. Exactly. So anything's the, the sky's the limit at this point. If if we watch the movie and they mention Mortis, you know how many Star Wars fans will be like applauding, like because at that moment, everything that we've watched up to this point as fans means something it actually meant something right yeah well that's that's the the work that jj has cut out for him he has to make sure that everything works together and honestly outside of c3po and the obvious the only character that can bring complete cohesiveness to the entire saga is palpatine is palpatine yeah he is the only one it was it was the one thing that i was really hesitant because i originally when they said oh palpatine's back i kind of rolled my eyes at first i think a lot of star wars fans who are a little jaded right now after the last jedi i think a lot of people did because it feels like a last ditch effort to To go back to the well and say hey guys look at we got palpatine back but according to jj and various other individuals from camp lucasfilm this has always been the plan and i don't think it's them just saying that to calm people and say hey listen we're not desperate here i mean how can you have a star wars skywalker saga without palpatine's influence and imagine if palpatine is the very orchestrator of everything even in these sequel movies and i think that much is clear and that has to be the case if you're dealing with the skywalker saga dave isn't this what i said even before I said this a year and a half ago, I believe. Yeah, you did. I, I said, do remember I this. said Palpatine is missing from the saga. And mm-hmm. I said that in, as kind of a negative because I didn't think he would come back. But what did I say? I said, in order for this to be a real Skywalker saga, you don't have to always have Vader. You don't have to always have Luke. But the one figure that did everything, that set everything in motion was Palpatine. Was Palpatine. Through the first six movies. And I felt like these new movies were missing that. They were missing the grand puppeteer, the very thing that that shifted everything into place and was manipulating events. And here we go. Here we are now with his reveal. And again, I, I, I do believe them when they say this is always the plan. Because it only makes sense. Yes. Especially since when you think about it, the Skywalker saga isn't just about Anakin because everyone says, well, Darth Vader is the main villain. No, he's not. Vader is not the main villain of the Skywalker saga. When you actually think about it, it is Palpatine that's the main villain because he's the one that's orchestrating everything. Right. It is about the Skywalkers. It's about the Skywalkers, but who's the one that basically you could say influenced all the Skywalkers. It's Palpatine. Palpatine. And if they bring that now, they circle back to that and they actually give us insight on why Skywalkers and why Palpatine, then I feel like we're going to say goodbye to this saga in a very satisfying way. And think about the, the, how everything just is lining up. Palpatine influenced Anakin first. And then he created Darth Vader. So, but then Darth, Darth, Darth Vader, but come on, Filipino Dave, <laughs> but then Luke comes along and Palpatine thinks I can influence him. So he tries to influence Luke along the way, another Skywalker, but he fails. Now he or, has a or, third or shot. Does he? Oh, true. Or does, or he? does he? Maybe this needed to happen. Yeah. This needed to happen. And honestly, in order to, 
lend credence and impact for Palpatine's return, I think it needs to. Yeah, I, I'm not. I know there may be people out there, Dave, that may say, "Hey, well, that's going to take away from Luke's triumph and and uh, you know Vader's redemption story." If this is all planned, I'm like, but would it? I mean, if the original idea was to keep Palpatine in the mix and to be this grand manipulator, why would it destroy anything? I mean, especially since Lucas's plan was also to bring back Palpatine. Yep. I, it would make perfect sense. It's all in how you look at the the story. You can no longer look at the original trilogy the same way as you did before the prequels. Yeah. And now you can't look at the prequels. Hope I'm hoping because right now nothing that's happened in these movies makes me look at the previous six films, Lucas's six films. Doesn't make me look at them differently. Yes. And I feel like in order to be successful with this new franchise, they have to make all of us. They have to reframe the saga. They have to reframe this it. next movie has to make us look at the previous six Lucasfilm movies entirely different. That was the beautiful thing about the prequels. They didn't destroy the original trilogy. They suddenly gave you a different alternative, another perspective. And this movie, this final movie has got to do that. It has to reframe the Skywalker saga. Otherwise, we're just going to kind of scratch our heads and be like, well, why did we need any of this then? Yeah. And think about it. In the last show we talked about, you actually brought up a, a theory that now when we think about it might come true about the Skywalkers being the abomination and you have the Skywalkers and then along comes Ray who is this yeah. true being of the force. Well, we, we didn't talk about that on air, did we? Yeah, we did. We did? We did. I remember that because we were recording at the time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm hoping. I know you and I had a, a more longer discussion uh, about that yes. the other day off mic, and off that's why mic. I was confused. But, yeah, I mean, what if what if the Skywalkers aren't the hero of the story. It doesn't, it doesn't diminish their importance. What no. if the, what if they are connected to this prophecy, right? Like yeah. Mace Windu had thought so many years ago, but possibly misinterpreted as Yoda has said, but what if Skywalkers is an abomination, something that should not exist, should not exist, technically should not exist. It was created by Palpatine as we know. So what if Ray is the answer to that? What Ray if, is the Ray is the chosen one. What if Ray is the Force? Yeah, incarnate. What if they Palpatine took it upon himself to manipulate and uh, manipulate the Midichlorians to create life? Right. Okay, and has brought upon havoc upon the galaxy. Yeah, and now the Force, in its ability or in its desire to bring balance back into the universe has created its own subject, its own warrior of the light to meet the dark that Palpatine has created. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it could work. It, it just, work. it really just depends. And this is not me just, you know, spitballing. These are, I'm basing a lot of these thoughts on things that we've seen in comic books and books and uh, the breadcrumbs they've dropped. So let's finish this trailer, Dave. Yeah. will be with you always all 
All right, Dave, and that's the trailer. Any final thoughts on that trailer you want to say? Any things, any thoughts, any things we didn't mention? I think this will be, soundtrack-wise, this could arguably be the masterpiece. It, especially with John Williams considered, this might be his masterpiece. What are the people saying online? Are, are there Are there any, like... Easter egg theories that will piss me off. You know how some people just draw. So that's, I, I know there are people out there who said we didn't really go into detail on the last teaser trailer. Like, Oh, you guys used to break it down. Like it's because it's all just fake. Yeah. We, we don't know anything. No one knows anything. And we're just like, Oh, what if that footstep there is actually like Darth Vader's footstep from like 500 years ago. And he time traveled. <laughs> they come up with these horrible ideas. And I, and I mean, I only want to talk about the obvious, if that makes sense. The funny part is this shows how good the trailer is. I'm looking up right now what people are saying about it. Everyone is in in the same talk discussion right now that the trailer did its job better than any of the other trailers that have been released. Better yeah. than Force Awakens, better than Last Jedi. And getting everyone excited about the movie, but giving us these visual cues to say, okay, start talking about solid evidence, what solid ideas. No one's coming up with dumb ideas like what you said, pulling rabbits out of the hat. I mean, you have the Dagger of Mortis thing that's gaining traction, which makes sense. And then when you look at the visual cues in the trailer, yeah, you could see the father, daughter, brother uh, imagery being shown that – uh, became really, really prevalent in the later half of Star Wars history with Clone Wars and Rebels. Then you have people talking about the ghost. I think I'm in the same boat as you. Is kind of like a lot of people are saying, oh, are we going to see Hera and Jason? Or are we going to see the Rebels crew? I don't think we can, we will. You'll see the you'll see the ship. We have so much that needs to be tied up. Yeah. I, this is one of it's, those movies, Dave, like, where I just don't want. I don't want to. I don't need it. It's, I do not need it. Give me the connections we have to have from the previous eight films. And if you want to throw in some things from the universe as a whole yeah. as like Easter eggs, that's fine. But we don't really have time for Hera and Jason and, and all of these side characters that would love to see in a I would movie love someday. To see them, but, but this isn't it. This isn't it. Uh, is someone actually uh, brought up in the same forum about the ghost is would we see the Colossus because this is a gigantic battle scene. I think it'd be cool to see the Colossus show up. We don't have to see the crew, but we can see that damn ship because oh. if if the resistance is going to call on firepower to actually take on this huge armada, yeah, call on the Colossus. I think we can see that. We can even see um, Kazuda. Like, honestly, like, and they can even call him Kazuda. doesn't mean we need to explain who he is. We can just see the fireball. We can see him in a ship. Flying and like, hey, Kaz, you okay? Yeah, just like they used to do with Wedge, Wedge, Wedge back everybody. in the day, you know, and Porkins. It's not like we need backstories on all of these characters. Some characters just that's what they are. They're Although, just, would you background? Would you be happy seeing like all of a sudden Kazuda? Like they do that? Yeah, I'd be okay. I'd with be that. okay with I'm that. Like, that's cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right, Dave. Let's take a very quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to get into the rest of the Star Wars news that we have to get through today. We'll be right back. I was surprised that they even existed. I didn't even know. I thought they went belly up years ago. 
I didn't know right. Boy Scouts was still a thing. Well, because how many people know how to do any of that stuff anymore? Tie knots, help old ladies across the street. Every member of the kink community. Okay. But listen, the kink community were not Boy Scouts. I guarantee it. <laughs> well, useless skills that you will never use in your life, except those lonely nights when you realize you're 40, you're a Boy Scout, and you're a virgin. <laughs> On your 48th camping Then trip. you're going to be tying those sailor knots. On those lonely nights. On that noose. <laughs> For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. All right, get more Star Wars from the Back to Tank each and every month when you sign up to be a Patreon pledger. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $5 or more a month, and you will gain access to more Star Wars from the Back to Tank discussions, ranging from book reviews, comic book discussion, and additional topical breakdowns, news, updates, you name it, we do it. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital. Pledge. It helps us keep the lights on in the studio. If you don't, we're going to be living in rags like Ray. <laughs> so, what have we here? That thing's operational. Star Wars from the Back to Tank. Get more Star Wars. Head over to patreon.com slash Rainman Digital and pledge three days a week of Back to Tank. Get more Star Wars from the Back to Tank every month when you subscribe to our Patreon page. When you subscribe to our podcast here for just $3 a month. We have limited options, limited tier options at that price rate. $3 a month for the Star Wars only podcast tier. And you gain access to hundreds and hundreds of hours of additional content, including more Star Wars discussions uh, like the Clone Wars breakdowns and comic book reviews, pre-shows, book reviews, you name it. We do it from the Star Wars side of things. So patreon.com slash Digital pledge. All right, so Star Wars comic to continue with time jump. I, I was very angry when I read this title, <laughs> but then the anger subsided and I then got happy because we had an entire discussion a few weeks back about Marvel ending its Star Wars comic book run. And we had all these different theories as to what they would do. We were made to feel like the era of the Star Wars comic was over and, you know, Dr. Affer would die and uh, the dude from Target Vader would die. Uh, Baylor, Lance. Lance. No, all they're doing is reframing to move into the next era, which would be between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Which when I when I saw this, I wanted to smack myself because yeah, I feel like an idiot. Well, do we? Because they didn't say that. They did none of the press releases said, Dave, that they were ending the current launch so they can restart another one that takes place 
post empire. Post empire. We, we didn't get that. They made it out to be that they this were was ending, the end. That this is over. And that's some smart marketing because it gained a lot of traction. If they had just announced the end of their Marvel Star Wars title and then said to be rebooted, it wouldn't have gained nearly as much and traction. People wouldn't, people wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah, so many people. I think everyone online was everyone from the Star Wars side of things was talking about this Marvel about the Marvel Star Wars title coming to an end. Yeah. It was the talk of the town from the Star Wars side of things for over a week. So the new Star Wars series will take place between the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Marvel's best-selling Star Wars comic book series is headed into new territory starting in January. Although fans may find the destination not entirely unfamiliar after four years of stories set between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, a comic book series will begin anew in the period immediately following Empire with a new creative team. Uh, the series to be titled simply Star Wars will come from Star Wars Darth Vader's Charles Soule and artist Jesus Saiz with R.B. Silva providing covers. Uh, plot details plot details for the new series remain under wraps, but one of the few teases uh, Marvel has released is that Luke, Leia, Lando, and Chewbacca will have a new Imperial threat to deal with. Uh, beyond even the constant presence of both Darth Vader and the Emperor, they'll also have to contend with Imperial Commander Zahara, the cunning and vengeful leader of the Tarkin's Will, an Imperial vessel with a particularly foreboding name so dave we will be getting more star wars and i'm a little bittersweet for me i already know that the shadows of the empire era has been retconned i know yes but it still makes me a little sad but dave what if they just reintroduce (laughs) some of those shadows of the empire moments do you think they will I think they will because, I mean, look at the past, what they did. They introduced other elements from that particular time frame for yeah. Star Wars. Baylart Valance is one of the, yep. one of the re- right. reimaginings that they took from the old comics. Now, going into this era, it does leave it open to go now into the era that me and you have always talked about is yeah. our, our, our wheelhouse when we were kids was the Shadow of the Empire. You know, uh, uh, Prince Zizor, all that, uh, Dash Rendar, Kyle Katarn, all those characters. Now they can work it in in this time frame because we all know that they, those characters particularly played an important role. And it, as I was saying is like beforehand, when I, when I first read this, I wanted to smack myself because I'm like going, I can't believe I thought that they were going to end it. But now that now that, that that's over with, I'm thinking about it, there is a lot of little stories that they can tell between Empire and Return of the Jedi, particularly the 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 lead up to Return of the Jedi, which is what's the finding of, Han Solo. What's the official time frame between Empire and uh, Yeah, because back in years past it was five years. In the nineties it I was forgot. five years. I know they've changed it recently. Um, because I remember Dash Rendar's story and that whole thing, that was a five-year gap. And I know it has that has been changed and retconned continually. Um, so there's a lot of time. I know more time has passed. Last I checked, it was more, I should say, more time passed between Empire and Return than uh, New Hope and Empire. 
Yeah. But regardless, there's a lot of things they can do. I'm hoping for some Dash Rendar. I think that's something we must have. I think because the comic books, Dave, have been such a, a fan favorite and very few people have complained about the Star Wars Marvel title. Many of the writers that have been involved so far, you can tell they have a an affinity for the old Star Wars canon as well. You can tell that they were fans of it because of bringing back certain things and paying tribute to uh, stories of old. I think there's a big possibility that we will, in fact, see some of the shadows of the Empire aspects be re- recanonized. Yeah, I, I really do think that basically that's the whole point for this, for the comic book series, is yeah. to recanonize certain elements of the EU. Right. Because now that now that we've gone through it, the first, quote unquote, you could say first season of Marvel Comics, uh, of their run in Star Wars, now we're going into their second season. The whole point for first season was to reestablish the expanded universe. If you think about it. Yeah. And now like with the, now with them going into this, it makes complete sense. It really does. It makes sense. All right. So Dave, this is something we've been talking about for a while now. Uh, Disney and Tencent to put out uh-huh. new Chinese star Wars story. Disney yes. and China's biggest online publisher, Tencent's China literature have teamed up to develop a new Chinese star Wars online novel and release 40 older ebooks in Chinese for the first time. In an attempt to cultivate grassroots enthusiasm for a franchise that has not yet managed to find a strong foothold that's never had in the world's second largest film market, Disney will make the 40 Star Wars novels available in Chinese for the first time in Tencent's digital reading platform at no cost for the first week. This is pretty smart. It's pretty smart, and it's really surprising because especially when they said this is going to be original stories that the Chinese uh, Chinese culture can actually get behind. Well, Dave, this has been an issue with Star Wars since it started. Even Lucas had difficulty connecting his movies to the overseas audience. audience yeah. Uh, particularly the Asian market. It just never connected yeah, for, for never whatever connected. reason. And there are tons of, you know, box office analysts that have tried to figure it out and no one can quite put their finger on it. Why Star Wars hasn't managed to make that connection. And it has hurt the performance of numerous movies. Many times a movie that may not perform very well here will do amazing overseas and it covers the cost of making a movie. Many studio films rely on strong ticket sales overseas. Overseas. They rely on it. It's in their box office projections and all their charts and snapshots of what they could make. And Star Wars, it's 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 a blip. It's a blip. It does not make nearly as much money as some of the other blockbuster films currently make and have always made overseas and they need to find that connection they have to do it and it seems like disney and their and their genius which i will give them that they are brilliant when it comes to marketing for the most part they have kind of slipped lately with the star wars films 
But when it comes to branding, that's that's what they're good at. Yes. Branding. And if they can find a way to brand Star Wars in China, suddenly many of their problems now will fizzle away when it comes to those lackluster overseas box office dollars. And I think the smart thing, too, was the uh, the the quote unquote get of a of a very well renowned, apparently Chinese author that. Disney reached out, Tencent reached out to and basically got and basically said, hey, we need you to write for this franchise. So it's going to be really interesting because. Well, I kind of want it, Dave, because according to this article, they're going to be bringing in authentic um, Chinese characteristics into these stories, meaning they're going to be using Chinese elements and unique Chinese storytelling methods for these novels. I want some of these. I know. That's I think that's the frustrating why part. Why just the is Chinese like, market? Why the just the Chinese market? Can't you release it out here? I want more. But the focus will be on on the Chinese market for these stories and I'm like going as a Star Wars fan, I'm like going there has to be a way that we're going to see this here stateside. But from the sound of it, we won't see these stories unless you get them kind of like how I do through the wonderful interwebs and piracy <laughs> but yeah yeah so this will be an interesting move we'll see what happens obviously it's not going to change overnight but disney is thinking ahead you know in 10 years 15 years if they can establish themselves now a strong online presence then who knows uh by the time the next saga comes out you know let's say 2005 2006 we start having movies obviously star wars is not going to end you know, in the next 10, 15 years, suddenly we now have a whole new era of potential audiences now the, more open to getting involved with Star Wars. The interesting thing that someone pointed out here is like this movement to try to get the Chinese market uh, market to accept Star Wars. And people basically say, what happens if we start seeing movies of, you know, like Donnie Yen? Donnie Yen's a huge Chinese Hong Kong uh, film star. Mm-hmm. And he's already been in Star Wars. What if they do a movie out in in China based around you know Donnie's character, right? From Rogue One. I mean, it could happen. It I could mean, happen. We have Netflix already doing that. Uh, they're making. They just closed a few deals with a few foreign markets, and, and these are deals that in years past studios never really cared about making because. Typically, they make American films, and then the foreign market eats it up, right? Eats it up. Well, now Netflix is worrying about competition and the rise of all these streaming services who are all, you know, domestically, There's the, the competition is going to be steep, right? Yes. So what Netflix has now done is they have gone outside of America, and they're opening numerous studios overseas. They're adapting or, the, or dying. Right. So they're going where there isn't a lot of competition in hopes to find a new audience before these other streaming platforms have the ability and infrastructure to go out there as well. Because that's one thing Netflix has over everyone else, including Disney, uh, is Amazon is pretty close. No one has the infrastructure. They've been doing this streaming thing now for they've been doing it for what? Ten years. Decade. And they've been in a business for far longer than that. So they've already worked through the growing pains. They know the business inside and out more than anyone else. 
So they have the infrastructure and the ability to to work overseas. That's why many streaming services like CBS All Access and even the DC Universe app, they re they sell their shows to Netflix overseas. So yes. overseas, you don't need to have CBS All Access or the DC Universe app. If you have the Netflix subscription, you get all of that stuff because they syndicate it for them because mm-hmm. Netflix has the infrastructure. So you see them doing that and they're now going out there and also not just syndicating things. They're now making original content. I believe starting in 2021, they will now be making original content specifically for foreign markets, which in the past they did not do that. And this is what Disney can do with Star Wars. Imagine if they make content specifically, not an American made Star Wars film. A Chinese-produced Chinese Star Wars film. film, completely made in China. That would be a way to bring Star Wars to China in a real big way. And honestly, I could see it happening. Yeah, at this point, definitely with how the the industry is moving forward, you, this is this is the future. This is honestly where I think it, market's going. Because if a Chinese-produced Star Wars film is produced, right? It's an it's a it's a win win. It'll sell to the Chinese market, and then the American fans, you know, we're all going to see it no we're matter all what. We're going to see it no matter what. <laughs> Problem solved right there. All right. So, report also uh, various outlets have reported the release schedule for the Mandalorian episodes. We have some dates, Dave. You ready? Ready. So. Here we are. Disney has released a schedule for the Mandalorian's first inaugural season. Episode one will be coming out November 12th. Three days later. So in one week, we're going to get two episodes. Three days later, we will have episode two, November 15th. And then after that, they're spread out by weeks. So episode three, November 22nd. Episode four, November 29th. Ending on December 27th. With episode eight. And that's that's it, right? We're only getting eight episodes of Mandalorian. It, yeah. Man, that's going to be a intense <laughs> winter Ending. season. Holy it's, shit. We're going to have Rise of Skywalker. Mandalorian. Yeah. Wow. End of Resistance. There's going to be a lot. <laughs> Too much, Dave. Too much. On that note, we do need to wrap today's discussion. We're almost over our our 60-minute running time. Dave, I want to thank you and everyone for listening. Remember, head over to patreon.com so you can get the three days a week of Back to Tank. Uh, We don't have the days quite mapped out, and it's changing every show, it seems like. Three three shows a week. We don't know when they're going to be released during the week just because uh, it's the nature of TV season, and I get them out when I can. But two free shows a week plus the Patreon feed, patreon.com slash Digital. Pledge $3 to gain access to the Star Wars exclusive content. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. May the force be with us. Ah, yes. (laughs) 